You're listening to The Promise Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Jonathan. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Come on. So good. I just want to again say a big thank you to my friends, Joel and Lindsay Eklund from House of the Lord Church in Old Town, Idaho. If you all think Woodland's a small town, you have not been to Old Town, Idaho. Okay? But I want to say thank you guys for being here, for coming here. And uh, come on, they're so awesome. They're great friends. And I'm just asking the Lord to knit our hearts more closely together. Uh, from, from myself, I know with Pastor Casey and all of us that we just respect you guys. If you guys think Joel leads worship really well, you should hear him preach. Sometime we will make that happen. And uh, it's really, he's, they're amazing people. They have an amazing church uh, that they're, help, they help lead with, their, with Joel's folks um, called House of the Lord. I've been there. God's presence is powerful. He's, God is really into doing really big and powerful things in small places where people will just say, Lord, we just want your presence and you're enough. He really likes to show up in those types of places. So, and, and, and you guys are phenomenal people. So love you guys. Thank you. All right. Well, for the few moments that we have this morning, why don't we begin just to pray and, and ask the Lord to speak to us in his word today. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you're here. We thank you for your presence. You're so faithful. You're so faithful to come and be with us. And Jesus, we thank you for all that you went through and all that you did so that we could be people in your presence. Or let us never take that lightly or flippantly. But we put our focus, our attention on you. We adore you. We love you. We ask that you would make us more like you through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm never, I don't know I'm, if I'm ever going to get off uh, talking about Jesus in the, as I have about the last few weeks uh, he just won't let me, and I'm okay with that. So we've been talking about seeing Jesus for who he really is. The last several times I've shared, we, we've talked about how if you see him for who he really is, you will never be the same. That I believe that in, it, in the heart of every human is the cry that was in the, the Greeks that came to Philip in, in John chapter 12 where they said, Sir, we have this request. May we see Jesus. And I believe that that is the cry in every person's heart. Maybe they don't realize it or not. Maybe they don't know how to articulate it. But if you just get a glimpse, just a, a simple taste of him and his love and his goodness, you will cry out with those, with those words, I want to see him. And the beautiful thing is he has revealed himself to us uh, in his presence, that we believe when his presence is here, he is here. And, and you can feel and, and experience his presence, whether you're a believer or not. In fact, we love praying for people who aren't following Jesus and, the, and to ask the Lord to reveal himself to them. And they feel something they can't even put words to often. Uh, we know that we can see Jesus through his word. And we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks, that Jesus is the true and living word. And that he reveals his heart through these words on paper here. And we talked about how the scriptures point to Jesus, reveal him in every book, and that 
how it can apply to our lives as nourishment for our souls and for our spiritual walk with him and to completely change us. And so I encourage you, uh, if you've missed any of these last few weeks, to go back and listen, uh, to have Jesus be the love of your life, to have Jesus be your very great reward. Think about it. You get to inherit him. There is no greater reward or inheritance than the person of God, and you get to see him and receive him. Not just when you die and go to heaven, though you do then, you can have him now. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they would know the Father and his Son whom he sent. And if we, we can begin walking in eternal life at this moment in a journey of knowing God. And today I really want to talk to you about that, about knowing God and seeing Jesus as your friend. Seeing Jesus as your friend. Jesus did not come and die on this planet and raise again and come to new life and send the Holy Spirit so that we could follow a set of good teachings. He did not come and die on a cross and be tortured and and die for you and be put in a tomb for three days and then raise again later on and ascend into heaven so that we could just follow an idea. He did not do what he did and go through what he went through so that we could simply just have a good life, do what we want, and someday hope that it's good enough to go to heaven. He died so that we would be able to be in his presence. We've talked about this before, that the gospel is God offering his presence to mankind. That we could be people in his presence and that we could know him and not just know him in a religious way because believe it or not Jesus did not come to establish a religion Christianity is not about something it's about someone it's Jesus and so we we are here to be followers of Jesus to be lovers of Jesus and to be his friends it's amazing to me that the God of all life the God of all creation and we've talked about John chapter 1 the last couple weeks that he is the word made flesh he is the word of life that all things exist because of him and he sustains all things by his powerful word and that God Jesus wants to be your friend wants to be your friend he went through all that he went through so that his presence could come in you be with you on you and that you could walk with him in friendship it's a a mind-blowing truth that the god of all creation the god of all life wants to be your friend but he truly truly does john 15 I'm just, I'm going to read a large portion of scripture. I don't apologize for reading the Bible and a message about Jesus. I don't think we should feel bad about that. I don't think that we should feel bored about that. I don't think we should disengage. I think we should actually get more excited when the scripture is read. Amen. John 15, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. He's about ready to give one of the seven I am statements of himself Uh, to us. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, or the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, 
He, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and, and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command, or do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for, I, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. Again, these are the words of Jesus to us, that he desires to be our friends. It's an amazing thing, amazing thought. Uh, as, a, as a dad, I get to the, have the amazing opportunity of, of training, teaching, equipping, and helping raise my kids. And one of the amazing journeys that, that we're on with parenting our children right now is teaching them how to be good friends. <laughs> it does not come instinctively to all children, to all people, to know how to be a good friend. Did you know that you were born selfish? That you were born very self-centered, self-aware, self-focused? That often we really only think about ourselves and not those around us. This is recent. This is in the last few weeks. Uh, one of my daughter's friends, who uh, their family does not go to this church yet, uh, she, she stayed the night with us on a Saturday evening. And... Uh, then ended up coming to church with, with, my, with my family and with, with my daughter. And if you don't know, my kids are here, both services usually. And so this is now second service. And her, their, their, her friend had been with her through the first service and, and the second now as well. And they're up in their classroom. And an opportunity came for my, my daughter to, in a sense probably in her mind, escape and go home with grandma. And... She leaped at the opportunity to go, and, he, and he ran to go with, be with Grandma and go to Grandma's house and, and, and leave and go have some, some playtime. She totally forgot her friend that she brought to church. And so her friend, bless her heart, she's amazing. I don't mean that in the southern way. She was uh, sitting there doing the crafts and the, the arts of the classroom, and she had no idea that my daughter had left, and then all of a sudden she did realize that she had left, and it was a very heartbreaking, sad moment. And needless to say, my daughter really learned from this experience. I forced learning into her. <laughs> and we had a great learning moment about awareness of your friend, that it is not about you, it is about those around you. And we, we had a great learning teaching moment for her. But I feel like often we struggle with knowing how to be friends with Jesus. Yeah. 
that we're all in a journey of learning how to be his friend. And Jesus' design and desire for us is not to be Facebook friends with Jesus, where we have an acquaintance that we casually observe from a distance and we can see their highlights. He actually wants you to know him deeply in a really personal, connected way where he knows everything in you and you know him really well. Not about, not historically or through research and you have facts and figures and, and it, like you could actually get to know uh, the facts and bio of a famous person. Not like that, like he wants you to know him like your closest friendship, like your closest friend. And often we are in a room, we are going through our day, we are going through our life, and we forget that Jesus is in the room. And he's there, and we move on very quickly from him and go to the next thing that we think might be better, the next opportunity, the next idea, and we leave him behind. Now, the good news about Jesus is He's so gracious and merciful. He's always with you. He's always with us. But there is a, a, a whole nother degree, a whole nother level manifestation of awareness of him that we can walk in that isn't just an acknowledgement of his existence. Did you know the devil believes that Jesus exists too? We should probably have better faith than the devil. There's a lot of people who believe in God and don't know Jesus. So it, it's not that he exists that's not the answer. He wants you to actually be very aware of his presence, mindful of him, that he is in the room. Uh, Proverbs 18, 24 says this about Jesus. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always with you. If you feel alone, God wants you to know that you're not alone. And I, and I know that many of us can struggle with loneliness at times. Many of you can allow loneliness to become depression, can allow loneliness to become anxiety. And I, and I truly believe that Jesus is the answer to that. He wants you to know that you're never alone because he is with you. But I also know that he wants you to be uh, in connection and relationship with other people in community that will remind you that you're never alone. Whether that's in, in a church community, in your friends, and your family, but he wants you to know that you're never alone because of him, and as a church family, we can re remind one another, hey, you're never alone because I'm with you, but you want to know there's someone even better with you, and his name is Jesus. And he wants us to know that, that, that his design is never for us to be lonely. Well, I read this story, or this scripture in John 15, uh, and the term abiding was used multiple times throughout that passage. And really, if I could summarize friendship with Jesus, it would mean abiding. If I could summarize abiding, it would mean friendship with Jesus. If I could have summarized the two of them, it would be a constant awareness of his person with you. you you've all seen it, I've seen it. You go to a restaurant, a coffee shop, you're out and about, maybe you do it, have done it, where you see a couple sitting in a booth or at a table, and they're both looking at their phones. Zero interaction is taking place. Zero connection is taking place. You, you see, maybe they're not a couple, maybe they're not, you know, a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, but there's two friends sitting together, and they're sitting at a table, and there's no connection taking place. They're both 
looking at their phones, scrolling through stuff. Oh, hey, did you see this? Oh, hey, let's check this out. And that is the basis of their connection is what's happening on their phone. That is not authentic, true relationship that God desires. And I just want to say this right now for all the single people. If you go on a date and that person's doing that, leave. Do not go on a second date or another date. If they won't value you face-to-face, they won't value you when you're not there. Okay. Tip for all the single people is over. I, I remember growing up hearing about how to grow relationships, how to grow friendships, that all relationships grow based upon time, words, and actions. How much time you spend with a, with a person, what you say, how much you say, how much you listen, the activities that you do together, that helps facilitate, foster, and grow a friendship or a relationship. And many people often have the questions uh, or the question of, how do I spend time with Jesus? I can't see him. I know that he's there, but I often get distracted with life. How do I spend more time with him? Or how do I spend time with him when I spend time with him? And I've shared this briefly a couple times uh, at different points, but never really in depth. And there was, I was about to meet with someone one day and and I knew that the Lord had put it on my heart to share with them how to spend time with them. They, they needed to know how to begin to walk their own relational, relational journey of friendship with the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, I, I can just tell them this is the facts. This is how you do it. I can tell them from my own personal journey and experience. But I want something more. I want like an illustration. I want, I want an idea. I want an example to give them and how to spend time with you. And so I'm spending time with the Lord and sitting there. It's dark, it's quiet, I'm just listening to his voice. Nothing happens. And I mean, I, I waited longer than I just did for those two seconds right now. I just want you to know that. I waited and nothing happened. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to stress out about this. I'm not going to worry about it. Maybe in the moment of our meeting, God will give me something. I turn on the lamp that was right next to me. And, all, and all, at the floor, the, the lampstand on the floor was my daughter's bookmark that would normally be in a book that she got from school. And it's about railroad safety. And at the top of the bookmark is the railroad symbol, which if you didn't realize is a cross, because it's a railroad crossing, especially if you just turn it a little bit. Okay? And underneath it, it says, Stop, look, listen, and live. And I thought, wow. There is not a better way to illustrate or explain how to spend time with the Lord. Every day you have a crossroads. You have a choice to spend time, and you have a choice on how you'll spend time. And you, the best place to start is because and through the cross. Jesus and what he did on that cross and the shedding of his blood and his death and his resurrection, he provided a way for you to be in his presence. He, he provided a way for you to be with him in that moment. He is not afar off. He is not distant. He, he is not disengaged from your life. He is ever present right with you at every moment, closer than your next breath. And so you have a moment to stop yourself. He has never stopped looking at you. He has never stopped listening to you. He has never stopped being there for you. But we need to stop. 
I'm learning in this journey of abiding and walking in friendship with the Lord. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not a perfect, I'm not like, I don't got it all figured out, okay? But I'm learning that you can't be in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. There's a reason why the word wait is used a lot in the Bible. And it is not easy for us as human beings, especially Americans, to wait. I had the privilege of sitting in, in traffic for a long time this last Thursday. You cannot be in a hurry when the cars in front of you just will not move. Because there is no point in completely agitating your soul to the point of probably no longer following Jesus. So you just might as well slow down, settle down, enjoy some good worship music and enjoy him. I, I don't commute, and for all of you who do, Let's pray for you after the service. I have a whole new level of compassion and intercession for you. But anyway, stop. You can't be in a hurry. By the way, if you do sit in traffic a lot, you have an amazing opportunity to be fed, to spend time with him in a real and powerful way. I would not get, take those moments for granted or disengage and get angry and frustrated. Enjoy them. Anyway. So stop, slow down, and then what? Look, look to him. Look to him. How do you look to him? You can look to him in worship. It's putting your focus, your attention on him. It's really funny, but I often make it, it's easier for me to look when I close my eyes. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what we would do. Uh, I need to look, so I need to see. No, I close my eyes, I can look at him. But look at him. You can look at him in worship, in prayer. You can look at him when you read the word. You can allow your focus, your heart, to be focused on him and looking to him. Listening to him, listening to him is prayer. It's sitting there in silence. Prayer is not a monologue of you just repeating a list of things that you want God to do for you. It is listening. It's to be a dialogue. How many of you have relationships where the person that you are friends with, all they do is talk to you and they never ask you a question about you? Like, you don't really want to hang out with them all the time. Like, it's got to be in doses, right? So engage God. Ask him questions. Listen to him, okay? And then you will live. You will actually begin to walk in real life, eternal life, when you spend time with him in that way. I want to read a scripture for you that talks about this. Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Essentially, what is being said here, come to Jesus. Jesus consistently, constantly, always has an open invitation to you. He will never refuse anyone who comes to him. And everyone who came to Jesus in the scriptures went away different. They were healed, they were delivered, they were saved, they began to follow him, or they knew that they had to change something in their life, give something up, surrender, in order to continue on following him. And some people chose that and some people did not. But they were not the same. Come to him. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to him. 
And he's asking, why do you invest so much of your time, your effort, and your energy on things of this world that don't last, that are not eternal, that will not go with you one day when you die? Why, why, why invest so much of your energy and effort and things and allow your emotions to be so attached to those things when, when you are not going to be satisfied by them? They cannot meet that need. They cannot meet that longing for friendship and, and connection with God, but I can. And so he says, listen, listen to me and eat or receive, take in what is good and you will delight and the richest affair. What is that? That is him. He is better than any dessert, any steak dinner you will ever have in your life. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Jesus lived in this way. Jesus lived in a place of constantly aware of his father. He said, I only say what my father says to me. I only do as I see him doing. We are to live in a place of awareness of God. Abiding is an awareness of God. How do I walk in awareness of of him? I had four really good points about abiding that I'm not going to get to today in detail. I will give them all to you right now, and then I'm going to continue on with this thought. Abiding is pruning allowing the Lord to cut back things in you. Jesus, Jesus said about himself, the Father prunes every branch in me that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. But everything in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. If Jesus needed that, how much more do we need to live and surrender to the Father to allow him to do that in us? I don't know about anybody else in this room, but the Lord has been doing some pruning in here And it can be very painful, but it's very worth it. Number two, how do you abide? It's clinging. It's really hard to sin when you're holding on to Jesus. When you're holding on to him and looking to him, one of the ideas of this word abide is to remain, to persevere, to stay. And if you're clinging to him, you won't leave to go do something stupid like sins of of the flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride. Like you, you won't want the things of this world because he is so good. The third one would be obedience. It says if you might be my friend, you will obey what I tell you to do. One of the measurements of abiding in our lives is how willing and how well we obey him. And then the fourth one in that obedience is love for others. You cannot Abide in the Lord, love him as your friend, and be a jerk to other people. So we're all in process, we're all in a journey, but the Lord wants us to love our neighbor, to love our family, to love those around us as he has loved us. He set the example. And that example is one of self-sacrifice. Not about me. I lay my life down for my friends. Okay, how do we walk in this abiding place, in this place of awareness of him? We have to, re- we have to put our, our hearts and our focus on him to remember that he is with us. If the president of the United States showed up at your house tomorrow morning, though you may disagree with him politically or in any way, shape, or form, 
he walks up to your front door and says, I'm going to spend the day with you. I think you will walk through your day a little differently than you would normally. Everything will have a sense of respect, honor, reverence, excellence. You, you will go through your day on your best behavior. You will be mindful of him in the room with you, whatever you're doing, and be wanting to know what he's saying or doing or thinking. How much more Jesus? Pastor Chris, one of our pastors here, has used this example many times. If you woke up tomorrow morning and Jesus is standing at the foot of your bed and he says, hey, we're going to spend the day together. Let's go. This is going to be a great day. And you go throughout your day and people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. People are getting saved. Bread is multiplying in the grocery store. Like incredible things are happening all around you. All of a sudden a fish comes out of the lake, lands in your hand and there's a coin in it, like crazy stuff, right? All of a sudden you don't realize it, but you're walking across the Columbia River to St. Helens to say hi to Pat Katrina, you know, all kinds of great stuff. And, and all of a sudden you go, hey, Jesus, man, it's, it's like 1230. Today has already been phenomenal, but I'm a human and I got to go sin. I'll be back. Like no one would do that. But, but we do that a lot in our own lives because we've lost awareness of him. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of him. I really believe it's a constant awareness of the presence of God with you all the time. That he sees you, that he knows what you're looking at, he knows what you're saying, he knows what you're thinking, he knows what you're doing. If you have, your, uh, you have that awareness and you're going throughout your day mindful of that truth and reality, you will live your life in a different way than you might right now. What is that? That is abiding. That is awareness of him. That is awareness of your king. That is awareness of your friend. That you are conscious of his needs. You are conscious of what he's thinking, what he's doing, what he's saying. You are wanting to interact with him. You're wanting to talk with him, listen to him. You're not so distracted and caught up with what you're doing that you have forgotten that he was in the room. And I want you to know it is possible. I'm learning this. I don't got it all figured out. It's an exercise and, and, and something I'm learning every day, no matter what I'm doing, when I'm talking to another person, when, when I'm doing different tasks, when I'm with my family, whatever it might be, I want to learn how to be mindful and aware of his presence all the time. And that's what he, what he paid for. That's what he died for, is for that reality to happen in our lives. And that's abiding. That is friendship with God. Where I'm not so consumed with my life that I've forgotten that he was there. And I just have moved on. Or I'm just saying, hey, Jesus, hey, I want to do all this stuff. Will you just bless it and come with me? No, you're supposed to follow him. He's in charge. He's the guest that you're hosting. So your first response your first question, your first thought, Jesus, what do you want? What can I do for you, Lord? What can I get for you? What can I, what can I help you with? Colossians 3.23 talks about whatever we do, whatever our hand finds to do, that we do it with all of our might, as if working for the Lord and not for man. We often use that verse to talk about excellence in the workplace. We use that verse about making sure our homes are clean and making sure our cars are clean and all good things. And yes, it can apply to those things for sure. 
But I really believe that one of the keys to abiding, one of the keys of awareness of him is knowing that whatever your hand finds to do, whatever you're actually doing throughout your day, that you're doing it unto him. When you're doing it for him, because of him, unto him, you're mindful of him as you're doing it. Therefore, you're not just thinking, where is Jesus in the room? He's standing off in the corner. He's just watching me. No, you're actually realizing that he's your friend. He wants to come alongside you and partner with you and do it with you in the process. That he's not just wanting to stand over there and, oh, didn't do it right. Hmm. One day he'll learn. No. He, he, he says, Jesus says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. But then it continues, and he says, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart. What is he saying? We're going to be partnered together, yoked together. We're going to walk this journey of friendship together, and I want you to learn from me. I want to do what you're doing together in partnership. So, hey, you're working on that car. I got some great creative ideas how we can do that more efficiently. Hey, you're working on that project. Hey, you're doing that landscaping job. Hey, you're, you're, you're doing this for your job. Hey, you got to design this. Hey, you got to make this. Hey, you got to fulfill this project. Hey, I got some great ideas. How about this? How about this? And you're partnering with him throughout your day because you're aware of him throughout your day because he is your friend. This is the relationship that Jesus died for. This is what he wants. He's not into a religion. He's not into a list. He's not into rules. He's into you and relationship with you, friendship with you, where you walk with him, never alone, constantly mindful of him, aware of him, and enjoying him so much. What does it mean to spend time with him? You stop, you turn your affection, you turn your attention towards him, and you look to him, you begin to behold him. It says in Psalm 16, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, and Pastor Joel quoted it this morning in our worship time. And it says later on after he talked about that we choose him as our portion, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, him by my side, him in partnership with me, I will never be shaken. I will never be alone. I will never be in lack. I will never be in, in a need outside of needing him because I have him. That's what he wants for all of us. And you can walk in that place of awareness of his presence. If you will even throughout your day, I encourage you on, on your breaks, your lunch breaks, you know, you might not smoke, please don't, but take a break like everyone else would at your workplace and have a Jesus break where for 15 minutes you go, you stop, you look, you listen, you put your focus and attention fully on him and you will live. Would you all stand with me? If you're in this place and what I've been sharing with you is something maybe you've never heard of before. Maybe you knew, never knew it was available. Maybe Jesus and who he is, is is new to you or not someone that you are familiar with. And you're here today and you don't have 
of friendship with Jesus. You have not began a journey of knowing him and friendship with him. I want to give you an opportunity to receive him today. Again, you're not receiving teaching. You're not receiving a bunch of words or an idea. You're receiving a person who wants to be your friend, who is alive, who is real, and his name is Jesus. So if you're here today and you don't have that relationship with him and you would like that, you've never asked him into your life to be your Lord, your Savior, I ask that you'd raise your hand high enough so that I can see. We just want to pray with you. Okay. Anybody? You'll never regret it. All right. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we ask for your grace. We ask for your grace to know you more, to walk in friendship with you. Your grace to slow down our minds, our hearts, to tune out the distractions of life and to listen to you, to look to you, to know you, to be mindful of you, to know that you are with us, to be aware of you everywhere we go and everything that we do. God, that we would truly walk in that sense of your, of your presence, knowing that you're with us. It would call us up in everything that we do, Lord. But more than anything, God, it would produce real life, eternal life in us because we know you. I ask for each person here that you would draw them to yourself in a deep way. God, closer, more connectedness, more intimacy with you than ever before. That their time with you, Lord, would become more rich, more full, more satisfying than ever before. We thank you, Jesus, that you want to be our friend. Thank you, Jesus, that you're always with us. God, we want to walk with you hand in hand. In Jesus' name, amen.